you know, to really think about it, 700 really only comes around once. So we messed up. Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. And we've reached a milestone. It's not every podcast that can say we've had 700 episodes. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Brad Van Spurmberg. And I'm Josh Walrath. I, it's been a long time coming, and I haven't even talked to the, the team about this. I'm just going to announce it right now, live, seat of my pants, Elon style. Um, PC Perspective Podcast. When I title this episode on YouTube, I'm just going to call it PC Per Podcast. Oh, my God. I know. You're insane. I, I've been thinking about this for a while. Oh. When I think PC perspective, I think PCPER, because that's Whoa. our URL. Let's move to Laramie, Wyoming with Josh. Uh oh. Let's live with Josh and Vicariously. eat delicious food. Please tell us about your food adventures. Uh, okay. Well, this one, uh, the owner of the place actually texted me and showed me the pictures of uh, what it was. I mean, he like cut me off at the pass. I was going to eventually call him or maybe I wasn't. I don't know how I was feeling, but he, he sent me what this, this was and I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I'm weak. It's called the dirty Joe. Don't know why, but it's got green chilies, queso, smoked ham, a single beef patty, bacon, and chipotle mayo on the bun the dirty joe it's a super tasty burger you look at that smoked ham mm -hmm. it's fantastic it, it really offset the chilies nicely and along with the base of of the single locally sourced all beef patty with bacon and of course queso doesn't hurt anything except my arteries but you know what you only live once some things you just need to experience. And this is definitely one I needed to experience. So well done, born in a barn. You're killing me one day at a time. Are you guys ready to talk about? Guess what came out this week? The oh my gosh, what happened today? Well, what another happened? giant graphics card that costs a lot of money. And oh, it's, okay. this time it's the RTX 4080. I remember we were originally going to have two flavors of the 4080, but upon its launch, of course, there is only the 16 gigabyte model. No 12. Mm, there can be only one. There can be only one. And right away, I'm just going to interrupt myself and the story and talk about AMD because, you know, originally we're going to have a 16 and a 12 gigabyte card occupying this 900 to $1,200 range. And then AMD comes out and says, oh, by the way, 24 gigs for $1,000. 20 gigs for $900. This feels short on memory now, just after that announcement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Certainly at that price anyway. $1,199, if you can even find it for that, which, of course, we'll talk about availability and pricing. Newegg had a couple of SKUs after an hour online. They, <laughs> they disappeared, but <laughs> they did have several SKUs that about an hour after launch... We're still there. I was, yeah. I was expecting these to stay in stock because I feel like the price is so high. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. And this morning, Josh, 
I checked after availability started. I think it was around 9.30 or something. I got home from taking my son to school. I'm like, oh, let's check Newegg. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're all in stock. Whatever. It's fine. But apparently shortly after this, all but maybe two sold out. And then when I checked again later, they were all out of stock. Yeah. There well, might I mean, be the crypto one right now. To make their money back somehow. I think the Gigabyte OC Gaming is available. But, you know, I'm shopping that wonderful uh marketplace oh, called just gpu center no no, oh, no just GPU. gpu today that's that's new egg has just is, GPU. okay yeah. yeah you want to know yeah, the best the 12, deal that 12, i saw one. what josh uh msi had an uh, buy directly from them okay and uh you go there and everything is sold out except one and it was a combo of a rtx 4090 with the X670E godlike, oh, and it listed Lord. the price as seventeen ninety nine, and you're like, mm. "Oh, that! How is this not sold out right now?" And you click on it, and it takes you to a thing. It's like you need to add another option to this bundle, and you click the down arrow, and there's the MSI godlike <laughs> for twelve hundred bucks. You click on that, and suddenly oh. you're you're paying three grand for oh. a motherboard and a video oh. card. It's like, come God. on, you just Okay, I'm forgetting that it was last cool. last generation. The Godlike was like six ninety nine, so I was kind of like, "That's yeah. actually a good deal. It's like saving a hundred dollars." But no, yeah, the Godlike's yeah. like a well of eleven or twelve hundred dollar board now. And by the way, it does look like you could have the privilege of going to your local micro center and forking over twelve to fourteen hundred dollars for the privilege of buying one. Just, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they've got the them founders. in stock in in the stores through quite a few of them. The RTX 4080, it's an XX80 card, like the 1080 and the 2080 and the 3080, right? And over time, you know, costs have gone up, prices have gone up. And let's see, last generation, people were a little unhappy because uh, 699 was the official, you know, launch MSRP, although, of course, it was impossible to buy at the time. And there was oh, quaint. double that yeah. in the secondary market or more. But... Now we have a 70% increase over the RTX 3080 with the 4080, which is $1,199 as the starting list price. So I think that is the story. I've, I've gone around and looked at other people's reviews, and for the most part, they're kind of shocked or incensed by the price, or, you know, it's just, it's just not a great value. I even tried going back and looking at history like okay well, why don't we look at the old best buy website from 2006 when we had the last xtx card that i can remember anyway the x1900 xtx from uh ati that was 599 and then at the time the 7900 gtx oc from bfg was also 599.99 and adjusted for inflation according to the inflation calculator at the bls.gov site those cards would be $882.98 today. Hmm. Discrepancy detected. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, I don't know if anything could adjust for the inflation we've seen just this year, mm. but $900 is a lot of money. It was a lot of money back then. Those cards weren't even actually in the store. These were, like, online only. And now we have an $1,199 enthusiast <laughs> flagship card, but... Because I, I, I would assume the 4090 just is in a different tier. I wouldn't 
is that an enthusiast card or is that just like the halo product it, the it's titan. the new titan yeah the titan without yeah, but the, doesn't it, without doesn't the it beg the question why don't you just pony up the extra hundred dollars you know for the 4090 if you're going to be if yeah. you're in 4080 price tier oh right why? yeah the aftermarket 4080 the, the it stops making any sense very fast because yes, you're not yes. saving $400. You're spending no. list price on a 4090, which again, these prices, maybe Kyle was right. Maybe MSRP is dead. Not really. I mean, you can still buy like direct from AMD and occasionally, you know, different cards from different places will be at their list prices. But, uh, I don't know. This is all about price. It seems like a terrible value. But it is a piece of hardware. We could we could imagine the price is lower, or imagine they'll have to lower the price after AMD's cards come out. But for now, we're looking at a new GPU. It's AD one hundred three. It's not AD one hundred two. The card is the same. Like the cooler is the same. It's this massive overkill for what is a significantly smaller chip. This is a three hundred and seventy nine millimeter square die versus six hundred and eight. But they have the same cooler. It's crazy. And here's the part that concerned me. Just on paper, the memory bandwidth on the 4080 is only 716-ish gigabytes per second. Way back at the 3080, the 3080, not the 3080 12-gig, not the 3080 Ti, the plain old 3080 had 760 gigabytes per second. The Ti had 912. The 3090 had 936. 3090 Ti took that up to a terabyte per second, which is what we had with the 4090. And here we are with the 4080, oh, 716. It's got way more level two cache, uh, which obviously helps as we look at performance in a bit. But I mean, plus it's it's 320 watts, just like the 3080 was. It's just, you know, 70% more expensive and has less memory bandwidth. You well, go down. they had to find a way to uh, gimp this for differentiation, right? But the memory data rate is crazy, though. That's the thing. They had to mm-hmm. pump this mm-hmm. up to an um, effective data rate of 22.4 gigabits per second. And by the way, the 4090 only has 21. To get that 700 number on a 256-bit bus. So, nine, I don't know. I, other specs include... A huge disparity in CUDA cores as well from the 4090, which had 16,384. The 4080 only has 9,728. So it, it's it's a significantly lower performing card, as we will see. It's a $400 difference between the two. And yes. yeah. you'd think at a 1200 bucks, it would be beefier. It would be a cut down 4090 rather than its own... GPU skew, AD103, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'd think yeah. it would be AD102 cut down, but that'll be the 4080 Ti. But the 4080 Ti should be 1199. And this should be, at most, 899. Maybe if but it trades got, blows with the AMD, it'll be 999. But why? But they have price pressure. They have price pressure from their own 30 series. This is, I, they exactly, have no way to kind of really slot this in. That, and that's absolutely yeah. what it is, too. I mean, that's not what they're saying officially, but I mean, yeah. come on. That's, yeah, that's but that's is. clearly it's not what's their going fault. on. It's your fault for not buying up all those 3000 series cards. <laughs> hey, they're out there. You they're only have yourself now. to blame. You have Nicely no excuse. Played. You have no excuse for not buying a 3080 for 699 and up. So anyway, yeah. And they're still, still not really on for sale either. I, I just no. wonder at Thanksgiving that hopefully we'll 
start seeing some actual GPU sales. Maybe it won't be until December or even just until January when AMD finally releases its, its top two SKUs that uh, we'll hear about, you know, a 4070 year. Yeah. Mm. The $699.4060. Well, Josh, you know, the 4080 12G is going to make a replay here pretty soon. We we guess. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the 4070 Ti. Whatever. Yeah. 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 The rumor on yeah, that. You know, kind of okay, already know. I'm, I'm going to go on a... Okay. Josh, let me give you the camera right. so you can go on a rant here. Hmm. So I've been doing this for a long time. I've been enthused about computer hardware for ages. I, I read PC World nonstop back in the day uh, through the 90s. The internet started up 94, 95, and I found places like Tom's Hardware and some of the earlier places and and, uh, you know, someone had recently brought this up as well is that, you know, CPUs were expensive back in the day. A Pentium 2, 266 when it was released was a $1,500 card uh, chip. Uh, 386s in the early 90s were, you know, still almost $1,000 for the top end. And, you know, a 486DX266 in 94 is, you know, $600, $700. But back then, you still had options at the lower end that, you know, really gave you a lot of bang for the buck. The the Pentium MMX was still a great gaming CPU. AMD came out with the K6 and the K6 II. You still had the Cyrix stuff. Uh, then, you know, the K7 came out and, you know, all the prices dropped down and, and you just had really interesting and exciting movement from just Intel being a monopoly and then charging what they want to actually having products out that were competitive. And I mean, we'd go back and forth and sure CPUs would reach a thousand dollars now and then, but it was always kind of exciting because there, there were other SKUs that you could actually buy that were interesting and motherboards didn't cost a lot. And 3d graphics were brand new. I mean, you could get a, a voodoo graphics uh, originally was a $399 part and then memory prices, dropped dramatically and suddenly you could pick one up for $299 and a lot of people did. Well, a lot of people back in that day, which is only a fraction of what buy 3d graphics cards now, but still every year it was something new. It was really exciting. It was, it was, you know, sometimes we'd go a couple of years without any really big jumps, but you'd have incremental ones and you'd have pricing pressure that would often drive these things down and, and really a budget enthusiast really, you know, they, they, they made hay back. Yeah, I'm not trying to do a rose colored glasses because not everything was perfect, but you know, you could get, you know, a quad core phenom two for 200 bucks. And it was a perfectly fine gaming CPU and you put it in a hundred dollar motherboard and memory was not terribly inex, you know, expensive. And you just, it was a great time. And you would think that with a launch of next generation stuff that was fantastic in terms of performance would be really exciting, but they've priced the excitement away. Even though AMD CPUs are kind of where they should be, when you start looking at the entire ecosystem that you have to buy into, uh, it becomes very unfun. I mean, nobody wants to buy a 7600X and have to pair it with a $300 motherboard at the very lowest to get all of the features that they want. And it just, you know, 
something that was a $400 price point for like a 5600X and a reasonable motherboard is is now 2 to $300 more. And you're not even talking to memory. You can get 32 gigs of DDR4 3600 for less than $100 now of decent stuff. And to get a higher performance DDR5, you're looking at 220 if not a little higher. And I don't know if this is in direct relation to the industry overproducing uh, things kind of in, in the first half of this year or the last half of last year. And we've got such a massive amount of unsold stuff sitting in, in warehouses and, and, and brick and mortar and all these other places that, that they've had to price them up high, but it's, it's really kind of crushed a lot of people. And, and I say crushed because a lot of us go on with our days and we have our work and we have our kids, but we have hobbies and PC, what we do here, it's a very enjoyable hobby for a lot of people, but not any of many of us anymore can, can afford even the mid range of new stuff that is being offered. And so maybe this will kill, not kill, but maybe we'll put a big dent in PC gaming. I, I don't know, but something's going to have to change because people are not making as much and cost of living adjustments are not as, you know, coming down the road as fast as people are hoping. And these things just cost a lot of money. I mean, if a thousand dollars is a viable alternative, there, there is a viable alternative. Get yourself an Xbox or yeah. you know, a PS5. Yeah, that's the problem. The $500 is half of the cost of the new you know, savior of the PC gaming space, the new XTX from AMD. And for $499, if you can find it for that price in stock somewhere, like get a, you have to usually, I, what I did was I bought a bundle at GameStop and yeah. got a couple of games I didn't want, a GameStop gift card that I used to buy a game I did want. But you can get a game system if you are patient. You can't get a GPU for $500, even if you are patient. Not a new one. Not a high-end one. And the consoles, they're, they're pretty good. The quality of the uh, graphics is high, and they're convenient. It used to be you could build a gaming PC for four or 500 bucks. And, you know, there's a popular video, or at least used to be on our YouTube channel. It was like, how to beat a, build a system to beat the Xbox and the PlayStation for four hundred dollars, about the same price. Yeah, yeah. It was, I, it was yeah. I remember I the tons t- and tons of articles at five hundred dollars. Build a PC. Tons. Mm-hmm. It was back in the day. I did a, a article on building a four hundred dollar gaming PC, and then Patrick Norton mm-hmm. picked it up, and they did a video on die trying about it. And it was it's pretty low end, but it could still play just about anything you wanted uh, at ten eighty. And forget that. Not not under current market conditions you have to use that hardware from that era you're pretty much stuck with the polaris card maybe you can get a rdna2 card for a pretty good deal am5 makes no sense for your typical enthusiast right now so we were talking on our public discord this morning it's like get an am4 board get a cheap processor they're selling those things like a 5800x not the x3d but a 5800x is like 250 bucks mm-hmm. yeah less than that 230 for on sale oh. Really, six hundred X is one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, well, one of the, one of the only things that's still making gaming possible is the game developers that are still targeting 
popular but lower end systems. And by that, I mean, just examine you know, one of the most popular ways of examining it is the Steam hardware survey. If you take a look at it, you'll see that the, the stalwart, the GTX 1060 six gig is still the most popular CPU or GPU out there. And if game developers aren't going to continue to make a game that's playable uh, on a system that has that as its feature GPU, then you're right, Josh, this hobby is lost to, to many people. But as long as they continue to do that, um, there's still a chance. There are so many of the games we get now are ports anyway, because to make money, you have to have the that's game true. playable on like the Xbox and the, mm-hmm. to, to a certain and degree, the PlayStation. that's lower, lower end hardware, lower that's end right. hardware. I mean, it's, it's pretty high end, but it's not anywhere near flagship, the, you know, current there, GPU there are level. two things, you know, and I, I I'm going to go back a little bit. Okay. Because you're right. There are two things that are kind of saving us is that AMD still offers 6,000 series and they will for a while. And those prices getting a 6600, an RX 6600, which is a great 1080p gaming card for around sure. 200 bucks is a good deal. Getting a 5600X CPU on a B550 um, motherboard mm-hmm. for 100 bucks to 80 to 100 bucks, that's a great deal. Memory, DDR4 is cheap. That's that's the the solution for people who do want to build something with the enthusiast gamer, but the problem is, this is all two year old technology that's been around, and, and it's so going to get harder to get. It's not no. it's not terribly exciting, is it? It's not something exactly. that really gets your blood racing. <laughs> well, you can't for, wait to yeah. get home and open up those boxes and you know try out something new. It's 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 known. It's you can't overclock any of them worth a damn just because you can't overclock anything anymore unless you have liquid nitrogen. And so it's just just kind of killed the enthusiasm. The timing with NVIDIA, just see, everything seems off. And I'm not worried about their financial position, as we'll discuss later. They're a company, they're a publicly traded company, so they're, they have to have value for shareholders and all that, but... They released products like the 3080 a couple of years ago that were so, they were really powerful, probably more powerful than they had to be. They could have been a little less powerful, a little cheaper, although looking back on it, and even at the time, if they had been available for those prices, like the 3060 Ti, I still think would have been such a great product at 399 and then eventually you would have found it on sale or maybe with some rebates, got it for less, and it was extremely good performance for $400 at the high end. There was a lot of complaining about the 699 price point. And then all of that just took a back seat to there's no availability scalpers bots. That was the narrative the whole time. Crypto. The only place you could ever <laughs> yeah. find any of this stuff was on eBay for mm-hmm. 50, a hundred, double the price, 50%. Yeah. Of the price. So it's, and this morning, I mean, I was after I found out that New Newegg had been sold out of everything. I went on eBay reluctantly and looked, and there were thirty-eight listings right away, like right after everything sold out. Some of them were just for confirmed orders, which I think get taken down. Some of them were actually in hand, where they stood in line somewhere, and there were already a bunch that had sold, and the, they're starting at about sixteen hundred dollars and going up to eighteen hundred. That will just go up. It's a temporary thing, but. For the next few months, the only way to really get one, if you want one that bad, is to buy it on 
a place like eBay and pay like three or four hundred dollars extra so that they can cover all their final value fees and shipping insurance and all that stuff. So it's scalpers are going to keep scalping and we're coming up on the holidays where people need extra money and okay, I'll buy this card. I'll put it on a credit card, sell it on eBay, make a couple hundred dollars and they do that. Just remember when you break through your 144 hertz display that you're not doing yourself any good with your more powerful GPU. So, <laughs> Hey, I can get a 200 frames a second now. Good for you. Yeah. Well, if you have a Good fast enough CPU, you. you cannot if you have an older, no. slower CPU. Anyway. It's also true. We should probably look at performance at least briefly, even though let's, we think this product costs way too much money and it's depressing. Let's if you see look how it goes. At just in relation to the 4090, and it's kind of in between the 4090 and the 3090 in performance. In Time Spy Extreme, which is a 4K DirectX 12 test, as you can see, the 4090 scored an average of 19,325, and the 4080 is at 14,026, which is well above the 10,515 of the 3090. So it's 27% slower in this test than the 4090, and that's about where it was the whole time. So it's somewhere between 25 and 30% slower than one and faster than the other. Here's uh, Port Royal, 25,772 points. That's the GPU score for the 4090, and then 17,908 for the 4080. So significantly slower than the 4090 there. The 4090 is the absolute king of ray tracing performance. It's just got way more RT cores. Here's Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition, another ray tracing test. This is without the LSS, and it's at the uh, extreme preset. The 4090 can do 94.41 frames per second on average at that extreme preset with no DLSS. The 4080 can do 68.87. So you're still above 60. The 3090, our overclocked MSI Supreme 3090, can do 50, almost 52 frames per second there, which is pretty close to what the 3080 does. So, I mean, coming from a 2080 Ti, which only does about 33, it's you're getting double the performance with the 4080. So I guess maybe that's the narrative. The 4080, it's double the performance of the 2080 Ti. And it costs the same as the 2080 Ti yeah, four yeah. years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, there's the marketing spin. There you have it. Mm -hmm. Josh, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm going to email Brian tonight. Like, hey, Brian, Josh has it. I know that Not you're like, in charge of PR and stuff, but we, let, we're going to take over. <laughs> yeah, we got Sebastian's it. numbers here are only comparable amongst the, themselves because he's testing uh, ultra widescreen. Right, so. yeah, that's the other thing. These are all 3440 by 1440, highest preset settings, and they're all new tests too, so it's all on that uh, later driver for all the cards that has the performance improvement for the 2000 series, 3000 series cards. The one that nullified all previous uh, benchmark results. Uh, we can look at other results, but it's all the same. They all scale pretty much the same way. The 4080 is somewhere in between a 3090 and a 4090 as we knew it would be. Some people were saying that the 4080 wasn't even as fast as a 3090 Ti, or that was the rumor in some places, but that's not true. Because I don't have a 3090 Ti. I never had one. It's not 25% faster than a 3090. No. It's like 7%. Yeah. If you look at... Uh, power, clock speeds, and thermals, this section of the review. If you can see this on the chart, the 4080 has slightly higher clocks in-game than the 4090 did, and it consumes a lot less power. It never hit the 320 mark 
comes close just momentarily. The most I ever saw on a spike was 318.9. Although I'm not using like the fastest pulling equipment down to like a few milliseconds, but would you say it's overcooled? It's it's so cool. I mean, I, I don't want to say it like that. What I mean is is do, would you say that well, with the, the same the, yeah. using yeah, the 4090 cooler is is comical. This could that was, be a dual slot. That, that was my point. That but was my point. Yeah. It's it's great because it's so quiet. I did some temperature testing and I was looking at the fan speeds and it's it's more efficient and it's producing lower temps. It was like four, three or four degrees cooler on average, but that was with lower fan speeds. The fan speeds would be at least 100 RPMs below what the 4090 GPU required. Both of these cards, though, this cooler does move a lot of air and it's quite efficient. It's... I think easily the most impressive part of this whole uh, launch today, actually, is that Founders Edition cooler. It's great, but uh, you're paying $1,200 if you can find it at that price. So it, we have to wait. If you're a consumer, it's uh, your responsibility to wait until the uh, 7900 XTX and XT come out to see how they perform. Because if they end up trading blows with this card... And it just comes down to what games you play and at what resolution, which one is faster for you. You could potentially save hundreds buying the AMD solution. However, as Josh has warned us, they're not going to be available either. You're not going to be able to go out and buy the XTX for $9.99 whenever you want to. So it, what if they end up being the same price in, you know, once the market decides, oh, these perform about the same. So now they're, they're both $1,500. And out of stock. Mm-hmm. So does a 6950 XT for 785 sound like a pretty good deal right now? The 6950 XT? Yeah. yeah that's awful, I guess. That is a good deal. And under that's 800 like, is great. A, cause just it's a couple of micro center. Okay. Yeah. Um, micro center. Let's look yeah, at New micro center. right now. Here is the current picture of in-stock availability of the 4080, and they're available. Or at least one is. <laughs> Lowest mm. price in 30 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. The Gigabyte Gaming OC, just twelve sixty nine ninety nine. I dare you to click on Add to Cart and see what happens, because I'm It'll betting it says, I, well, Add to Cart, and it's going to say, no, it has been added. Holy crap. Yeah. Don't, no. don't continue. Don't get out of that. Why? No. I mean, I'm time oh, for post-editing blurring. No, who cares? That's my PC care email. I don't care. It's, S- it's pcper.com. That's out mm, there anyways. On, uh, on the web. Yep. We all get the hate mail. Email me. Because <laughs> that's what the kids do these days. Is that is That's crazy that there is still product that you can buy. Crazy? Uh, 12 hours. It would be after. crazy to buy this for twelve sixty nine ninety nine. Josh. That's what's crazy. I, I, I think... I think the price has suppressed demand slightly. That's my opinion. Well, that's even though it's almost all sold out. It's almost all sold. Yes, but there is stock, though. That's the point. It's not all sold out. You know what's crazy? What's really crazy? What? And you know, my history is is kind of viewing Intel and AMD. Right now, Intel has far more interesting products at reasonable price points Mm. across the board. Their motherboards are not at AMD prices. It's it's just you can get something decent and the performance is right there. And like the 13700 series is a fantastic chip for what you pay. It, yeah. 
it's so bizarre. It's I'm in bizarre world. And the A770, if you can get one for 349 bucks, is a really good buy. And yes. it's new, and it's yes. interesting. It's the drivers are not there yet, no, but they're, they're constantly, not. they're constantly releasing new ones almost weekly. They so are. they're committed to this product, and even though there's been rumors to the contrary, they keep on saying no. We this is this is happening. We're going to continue making discrete graphics. They just hired on some bigwig too. Yeah, there's a new to, VP, uh, general manager, and vice president of discrete graphics at Intel. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember uh, her name. Wasn't that Raj's job before? Wasn't he the VP of Discrete? He might have been. Then he got promoted. Yeah. So now he's an executive yeah, he's, vice he's president. He's moving upwards. Um, oh, by the way, in case you needed any context for why NVIDIA is charging eleven ninety nine for this card and why partners are charging you know, above that so they can make money too, it, just look at this tweet from videocards.com. Galax, Galax? I don't know how to pronounce it. Galax. They, I go with Galax. They huh? have okay. <laughs> now, as of today, 200 different RTX 30 SKUs. <laughs> 200! <laughs> How? 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 Well, they, they had 187 custom designs on October 29. Now it's up to 200. So uh, I think there's a few 30 series GPUs still floating around out there. Yeah. Hmm. That's, That's weird because yeah, I bought this thirty eighty for seven ninety nine two years ago. I was able to get a good deal on it, <clears throat> obviously, and it's still running it in 699. there. Six ninety nine. I thought you got it direct from EVGA for six ninety nine. No, EVGA for seven ninety nine because oh, it was wow. they they had their kind of blosky for seven forty nine. Oh, that's right. You got the. They one only made the... like fifty of those, yeah, and then the next the one up, plate. which is actually their only low one, yeah, was seven ninety nine. Okay, all right. I forgot about that. And I edited the damn video, and I don't even remember that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, do we want to talk about the 4080 anymore? I mean, mm. it, seems, it seems pretty obvious. I mean, it's good performance. That, yeah. It's yes. better than last year's, but mm. they've it's just under price pressure. everybody's league. Definitely consider the 30 series. Here. Yeah, if it's playing right into their hands, they've got us by the balls, and there's nothing we can do I know. about it. If you want a new high-end GPU, you either wait for AMD and see what that's like, and if it's available at all, or you buy NVIDIA 30 Series now, or just yeah. forget about that. Yeah. You can find a good deal on like a 6950 XT, and really the the card to get right now. I saw this in the YouTube chat scrolling by earlier. I, yeah, I saw it 6600 yeah. XT is such a good deal. Because yep. you get, mm-hmm. it's like 3060 territory where sometimes it's faster, I think, somewhere in there, but cheaper. The 3060s sell consistently for more. Do you really need, what was the 3060? 12 gigabytes of memory or something crazy like that? 10 gigabytes, yeah, I don't remember. So do you really need all that 12. memory when you're playing at like 1440? No, you don't. So if you're like a 1080 or 1440 gamer, just get a 6600 XT for like 300 Under 300 bucks. Yeah, Under 300 bucks. I've seen them for 280 yeah. recently. Uh, the high-end Sapphire Nitro is mid-threes, but that might be a little bit yeah, extra pricey still. on that. Uh, we I saw a comment about the, the uh, 12V high-power connector thing, but we will we will get into that whole... We'll kind of cover that one, break. too. Let's take a break mm. from NVIDIA and talk about NVIDIA financials. Josh, uh, Perfect. I think this will 
neatly illustrate why they might need to charge so much for their uh, latest flagship. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take okay, a break. So, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they they announced uh, their quarterly revenue and uh, approximately uh, for for Q3, even though they call it Q3 FY fiscal year 2023, it's still this year, but. It all has to do with IPOs and changing of accounting and stuff like that. But they made $5.9 billion as compared to Q3 last year, which was $7.1 billion. So there's a little negative price pressure there. Yeah. And uh, Q2 of this year, uh, they still made $6.7 billion. So, Q3 is typically one of the stronger quarters of the year, uh, followed by Q4, which again, holiday quarter, good, good money coming through. And that's not the case because they've been hit hard uh, in the gaming section and the crypto, even though they don't really admit where those cards are going, um, it hit them hard and they've oversupplied. It looks like um, their net income was $680 million, which is down uh quite a bit 72 percent from last year so yeah they were living high on the hog last year 2.5 billion in net income quarter three last year and they're down to 680 million that's pretty that's pretty rough um those are the gap numbers uh their their data center still going strong they they have you know that that area seems to be almost bulletproof when it comes to spending because right now the world is so data starved and processing starved for all the things that we want to do. They're riding that data center wave big time. Uh, Gaming and consumer down pretty dramatically. But overall, I mean, they're still staying afloat. They're still making money. Uh, They're what, about 300 million more in revenue this quarter than what AMD announced last quarter, if I remember correctly. And uh, that is interesting how that has closed up uh, because, you know, from what Q1 of this year and the year before, they were typically around $2 billion more in revenue a quarter than what AMD was doing. So things are kind of doing some interesting evening out there of uh, where they're sitting. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a down quarter for them. Um, they, they spent too much and they're not selling enough and it's hit the bottom line. And, you know, and I, I feel bad. I don't want to just keep harping on stuff because as we mentioned before, it takes billions of dollars to develop these architectures and to bring them to market and they've got to pay their workers. They've got to pay for, you know, test foundry type work where they will hot lot wafers to get these designs back quickly so they can bring them more quickly to market. And that amount of money per wafer is, is four to five times what a regular one is. And we're not even talking about the set of masks that you need for these high end, four nanometer, five nanometer parts that a set of masks are like a hundred million dollars. It's just, it's just nuts. And you've got to eventually make that money back. And that's what they're doing. I mean, the bean counters are, are hitting us and hitting us hard. 
And that's the world we kind of live in, which is disappointing in ways, but Hmm. eventually things will calm down and we'll get better products at better pricing or at least current products at better pricing, which we're already seeing. We'll eventually get what is available now, but for a reasonable amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be time, but it's just, you know, as an enthusiast, as somebody who covers this, who lives and breathes this and has done this for decades now and it always is exciting when you get invited and you get nda stuff and you look it over and you're like this is really cool this is great how you know they're they're advancing the technology they're adding these new features they're you know making the experience so much better and they've done it but it just at what cost yeah, it's it's the it's the guy with the fishing pole. Oh, oh, almost there. Nope, no. And then this time they they really reeled it up that most people can't even think about spending twelve hundred dollars on a video card when you know they were scraping to get six ninety nine at one point, and wages haven't really gone up too much, and the cost of living has. So it's uh, everybody's getting hit. But they're still making money. Um, their outlook for next uh, next quarter is about $6 billion, so plus or minus 2%. So I, th- I think they're going to be essentially flat. I don't know. Margins are still high, which yeah. is interesting. Um, you'd think that data they center. would be. Yeah, it's a lot of data center stuff. And still, you can get a two-year-old. RTX 3080 for over the official MSRP of 699. Mm, I think you can get you can get one for like $739. That's two-year-old silicon being made on a seven, no, eight nanometer Samsung process that is not a fantastic process and it is inexpensive at this time. So yeah, I guess that's why their margins are as nice as they are. Oh. On that uplifting note, we should pause for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. I'm definitely someone that enjoys learning something new every day. And with the amount of technology we all deal with, that's usually a practical necessity. There's so much more out there, and you can make Masterclass a part of your lifelong learning right now. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds whenever you like, and at your own pace. Whatever you're interested in, there's a class for you. From music or writing, business and style, technology, even sports and government, it's fantastic. I've been taking a class on tactical empathy from Chris Voss, a former FBI lead kidnapping negotiator, and learning that everything in life comes from a negotiation of some sort. Super practical for me. Discover something entirely new from Chris Jenner on personal branding. Amp up your art and techniques in cooking with Gordon Ramsay, with over 150 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. I recently learned that great negotiation is really about great collaboration, and that's already come in handy in my life. In addition to the classes, Masterclass has something new and more immersive called Sessions for deeper dives into lessons over a month long. Sessions include projects to submit for feedback and the opportunity to learn alongside your community of peers. So go and explore the full library in the Masterclass platform and take lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, app, Apple TV, computer, even on the go with an audio mode, from space flight to flights of fancy. I highly recommend you check it out. Hey, this holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash PCPer today. That's masterclass.com slash PCPer. Terms apply. We're back and we are going to talk, finally, about 
the 12V high power connector saga, which it mm. may be over. It may not be over, but we mm-hmm. we have Gamers Nexus who has done what looks to be a pretty definitive video on the topic, and I urge you to go to their channel if you haven't watched it already and watch the whole thing. I watched it this morning, and it turns out, I'm sorry if you are loving this and gloating over this and you're on Team Red, turns out that it is almost assuredly happening because, like the the melting issue is happening because the cables have not been seated properly. And Steve Burke goes through this, and it's not like this. Like, not every case do you see it plugged in that poorly, like not even close. But there It's has, just air-gapped. There has been... Enough uh, evidence collected by Steve and the people he's been working with to show you that based on like markings on the connector, things like that, that the cards affected that they've been able to look at or investigate were all slightly unplugged. And the problem is this connector does not securely latch and there isn't anything in place to cut off power when it detects that it's not fully latched. And what was very interesting about this is, I mean, the, the the video is great from Gamers Nexus and definitely watch that. But there was a post a few days ago about PCI SIG working on an update to the connector because of this problem. And you can see a before and after image here. They really should go with a metal clip. That's what they should do. But uh, basically, anytime you see any kind of a gap at all, and this can happen after it's been installed. Like uh, on the Gamers Nexus video, you go ahead and push it all the way in, and then you route your cables and a little bit of strain on the connector, a little too much strain on the connector, and it starts to pull itself out. I'm but but sure doesn't it latch? But doesn't it latch? Isn't no, that what the point doesn't. of the clip is? It doesn't. No. Oh. And you have to go, okay. and for some reason, uh, Johnny Guru per, you know, uh, works for Corsair, has a personal blog, you have to go to the archive now because this post was taken down from his personal blog. But he did his own internal testing with a Corsair power supply and blogged about it and tr- basically did the same kind of stuff that Gamers Nexus was doing, just pushing this thing as far as it would go and measuring the temperatures and stressing the connectors and stressing them almost to the point of breaking. And then he got to the point where he's like, fine, I'll just break it off. So then he was breaking off connectors. And then he took off all but, like, the four center connectors. Uh, Where is that part? So this is all... uh, Let's see. I don't know where that part is anymore. Uh, But he did his own assessment and basically said it's insertion. It's not properly inserted or it's getting pulled out. And ultimately... He said the conclusion is the adapters are fine. You just have to make sure the connector is fully inserted into your card and or PSU. That said, I will admit that the connectors are very difficult to insert completely. It's easy to think the connector is in all the way when it's not. If the retention clip is not mm-hmm. engaged, you will be able to pull the connector back out without squeezing the clip. Oh, so there is a so retention clip. The, the, oh, it does actually retain. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, okay. you, can, you can say, oh, hogwash, this Gamers Nexus video is crap. Because absolutely, I put it in all the way. Or they're saying they did put it in all the way. Well, sure, they did until some stress on the connector pulled it out because it wasn't actually clipped in. And I don't understand why a lot of the nicer SATA cables have a metal 
clip. There's plenty of connectors out there when they're supposed to be like mission critical that have a more robust connector um, retention clip on them. Yet, these are just all plastic and the clip is really small. It's almost comically small and thin considering how much power is going to go through something that can take four uh, eight pin connectors. Some of these cards are, you're able to draw more than 600 Watts and it's going through something that may or may not be clipped in all the way. And I, I help I have gravity on my side because I've only used these cards on the open test bench. I have them plugged in and then through a couple of like, um, like Velcro straps and stuff. Basically I have like a, a tower of PCIe power cables going to the GPU. So there's no stress at all. Even after benchmarking for hours, the connector never even gets warm. And then I read about these other issues and thinking, oh no, there's manufacturing defects, which, you know, that could be, but this is from November 14. And of course, so NVIDIA, old sold. It is as this story has un, like this developed <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> it, that's a long time ago. That was pre gamers. Nexus pre GM. Okay. So mm-hmm. they said they were continuing to investigate the reports. This is NVIDIA to Kit Guru. However, we don't have further details to share yet. NVIDIA and our partners are committed to supporting our customers and ensuring an expedited RMA process for them. Anybody who had this uh, problem has had a new card from NVIDIA, as far as I know. And I believe people were getting Founders Edition cards, even if they had some other aftermarket version. And here's where the contrary to the one in uh, reported by Igor's lab or information by Igor's. Well, that's the thing. Like uh, Gamers Nexus was a little bit more thorough because they mm-hmm. they found out that one of the second the second source for the adapter. There's the two sources. That, that two has makers. its own second source. So then there's three sources for the adapter. Oh. And the one that Igor says, no, this is the good one. Actually, that's the one where that company outsources to another company. <laughs> and he found like. Uh, he sent just watch the Gamers Nexus video because there, there's under like a he sent it to some QA like lab and they did like extreme like macro photography or like microscope looking at the connectors and finding tiny flaws. But ultimately, the only way that Gamers Nexus could do this, and they were trying to do it, they had the cameras rolling, they were trying to light one of these things on fire, <clears throat> and the only way they could do it was to slightly unseat the connector and then pull it in one direction. And when it was cockeyed and slightly out of its socket, that's when he could start melting the power connector. And if you look at the pictures of the melted connectors, they typically are melted towards one side Mm -hmm. or the other. And some of them are really Kind of back and to the left. No, He said it was towards the A and NVIDIA was the way that they had to, to tilt the connector, which rows the other end, which is always the end that's the most damaged, I guess. <clears throat> anyway, there's a whole method to it. Like he, the, They had figured out a way to repeat it, to consistently get the melting to happen, but it could not happen when the cable was fully seated in the connector. Hmm. So, well, at least yes, Josh, you, you have to jam it all the way in. That's correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it has to be in even under strain, which you won't even know because there may not even be a click. And it could come unstuck during come shipping. Come undone. If you buy a system with this mm. cart, you know, it's... Who if cables were a bad idea? That's zero insertion force for those yes. playing the home game. <laughs> yeah, but ZIFs have a latching mechanism. 
Well, this isn't partial. Maybe they should have one on this. What was the other one? Low insertion force lift. This isn't a yes. lift socket. This is a, a zero insertion force socket. It's hard to get these in smoothly. It's tempting to want to come in kind of slightly from the side, but you need to go straight down, and then you have to push all the way down. And then you have to make sure that the clip actually engage because you don't hear a click because this thing is just too flimsy to click. <clears throat> yeah, they need the Joy-Con click. Yes, you needed something more robust. It's like, hey, we're going to put all the power through one connector this time instead of two or three. But let's use the flimsiest connector we've ever used for anything. Even a Molex connector is more robust than this. <laughs> They're true. Actually, yes. unplugging Molexes can be a challenge. Yeah, yeah, they can yeah. be a pain in the butt. Once it's in, it's in. Yeah, well, you know, these yeah. things are still like UL certified in that, and they go through rigorous testing. So if they're actually up to spec, then it's up to spec. And uh, but yeah, this, this kind of turned out to be a mountain out of a molehill. But, but let's be honest a little bit. Do, do we oh, like no. the fact that the new RX cards, the new AMD cards, do not use this connector? It's definitely a good idea. I, I thought anyway. for sure. Whether or not there's that, anything to the they, problem. I thought for sure that they had changed their mind on that because of this. Hmm? But hmm? They, no, no. no, there was no time. You, you, you told us this, that these cards were locked in two years ago, three, three years, years ago. ago. They're, Years at ago. the event, and, and I don't have, I should have more stuff out about this because all the architectural details, the embargo was up on the 14th and we could share slides. We could talk about the RDNA3 architecture and all this stuff. But um, one of the things they told us during the media um, tech day was that this stuff was all decided three years ago. It takes a long time to develop a new graphics architecture and get everything going on a new process and this has been in the works since 2019. So decisions about power connectors, that wasn't made, I think, until maybe a year ago, maybe eight months ago. Probably a year once they figured told. out. Yeah. <clears throat> so kind of draw. <clears throat> so right. they didn't know there was a controversy. They didn't know. They went with what they thought was going to be better. And it wasn't the 12 volt high power. Well, you know, and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're AMD. They're, they're doing to GPUs what they did with CPUs from Xenon and making it more compatible, using older peripheral type hardware, using slower memory initially, you know, all those things. And, and, and you know, pins rather than LGA. So AMD takes more of the risk and, and the uh, motherboard partners, you know, don't have to spend as much money with the uh, ZIF socket versus, you know, LGA stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it makes sense that if you're not going to be pushing 600 watts, you can get away with three eight pins and everybody who is a, their target enthusiast is going to have a power supply that's going to have at least four of those. They, they tend to take the more affordable path um, when there's a yeah. decision to be made yeah. oftentimes. Should we talk about, we've talked about NVIDIA a lot, and AMD's name keeps on coming up. Let's talk about AMD some more. But this time, it's the, it's the cash cow. It's, it's epic. Oh, yeah. It's data center. It's you know, making the most that you possibly can out of that, uh, that wafer. 
No, we're not talking about GPUs. We're talking about Epic 9004 series processors. And Serve the Home has been covering... Uh, what is the event that's going on right now? Uh, uh, SC22. SC22. Yeah. AMD Epic Genoa. It's a game changer. Nothing short of a game changer, writes Patrick Kennedy at Serve the Home, which has rapidly become the sort of authority on all things like, uh, you know, non-consumer compute. These new Epic processors are kicking it. And they've got a tremendous amount of memory that they can address and a lot of bandwidth. And they've got a lot of cash in each of those chips. And, and, and... Um, what CXL 1.1, 64 lanes of that. So that's a nice thing when you're gluing all of these large server chips together. And CXL is not just server chip, server chip, but also potentially to graphics chips and other accelerators. Uh, you know, it's, it's all, you know, cash coherent uh, communication with all of these different parts. And so, yeah, they, they've got a leg up with uh, Genoa over everything that Intel has. And it's yeah. just insane what AMD is doing in the data center compared to what Intel is. And they're shipping these things far sooner than what Intel has. And overall, I mean, the Zen 4 with how they're handling ABX512 is so much more power efficient, but they still get like 90 to 95% of maybe not 95% of the performance, but you know, 85 to 90% of the performance, but you get that flexibility of being able to handle AVX 512 and in, you know, and, high performance. And 192, stuff. 192 cores per package or, or, yeah, or something nuts. insane like that. Well, it's, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's 192 yeah. cores in a two CPU, um, system oh two c so two packages okay, 92 yeah. 96 core processors because the <laughs> epic 9654 is a 96 core processor yep mm-hmm. yep 192 cores 384 threads and 768 megabytes of combined l3 cache they broke the old chess benchmark apparently it stops being able to scale after 256 threads <laughs> I don't even know how to benchmark 64 cores on 128 threads, but I mean, this is yeah. just a different world. So yeah, AMD is, is kicking it. Uh, their chiplets on uh, CPU side, uh, inexpensive to package as compared to like Sapphire Ridge, I think. Yeah, it's just it's just nuts what they're doing with what they've got. And Zen 4 is, is a good CPU architecture. And they finally got to use the Ryzen's naming scheme that we all hated. Because that decoder that they were pro, uh, proposing for oh. Ryzen, they are using for this. So yeah, there you go. So you got your product series, and it's not really core count sucks. Because if you look at it, it's like a zero. Well, there's eight. A one, there's sixteen. Two, there's twenty-four. Wait a second. Three thirty-two. Like that, it, it doesn't. That it's not, not even binary. <laughs> no, like it just. I hate it. <laughs> Just add another it's digit a, and list the core counts. Like, this is an arbitrary it's, table. Yeah. Nine, yeah. six, four. Yeah. And you don't, forget about the performance Five, four, rating. Eight. Just give me the core count. Nine, 64. Because yeah. honestly, that counts more in your server room than the actual frequencies you're hitting. Your, your parallel uh, number of cores. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the performance is insane. 
The Epic 9654 yeah. can compile the Linux 4.4.2 kernel from kernel.org over 100 times in an hour. As you do. The C-Ray test at 8K <laughs> completes in 13 seconds. And, of course, it breaks the chess benchmark because it doesn't handle more than 256 threads. So, you know, whatever. Now, you will be pulling power. These are not ultra-low wattage, but they're, I mean, 192 cores in the dual-socket system. That's, you know, 1,000, 1,200 watts. But, hey, you're you're getting performance per watt from that, too. And- so. They're not smoking connectors on this either, are they? Just an observation. <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, using industry standard connectors that you know stay in place. Just, just pointing it out. Josh, I had steered you to maybe segueing to this next one on memory controllers and I, why. I can just quickly do this. Um, okay. You know, throughout history of computers, memory has always, yeah, pretty much always has lagged. CPU performance. They they get a new spec up there. It kind of matches, you know, doesn't become as much of a bottleneck for CPUs. And then of course CPU speeds go up and and the memory stays the same. And it takes years for a new spec to come out. And every time it doesn't, it doesn't add to performance. And so the CPU guys have always had to do a lot of different things to make their chips faster. You know, uh, hey, let's create this thing called an L2 cache that we actually have it on the motherboard. It's very close to the socket and it's super low latency may not be high bandwidth, but it's low latency, which is what is really kind of important. And then they got the L2 cache onto the CPU and then they added the memory bus to the CPU and all these things that they've tried to do to keep memory scaling performance kind of up to date with what CPUs does, and that's all through CPU design. And of course, we've gone to L3 caches, then we've gone to much larger L3 caches. And so AMD for Genoa is just an extremely wide memory bus running at fast DDR5 speeds. And of course, you've got the large L3 caches per chiplet that uh, it relies upon. Uh, Intel is doing a little bit different. Um, they're starting to think about putting HBM, high bandwidth memory, on the CPU. Uh, it's going to be like 64 gigs worth or, or something like that. And you could run the OS and whatnot off of that if you wanted to. But the way they're talking, it's it's going to be just a really, really fast local memory, high-speed cache. And then they're also thinking of potentially doing you know, some Optane style of memory uh, that'll be mostly non-volatile i don't always know how you know optane is interesting because yeah it's it's super 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 low latency um again not high bandwidth but latency is is the it's the big thing that kills performance and you know there's all kinds of good things as well uh, nvidia is doing uh, uh lp ddr on on their upcoming server chips the grace so you've got, you know, a bunch of sticks of, you know, memory sitting on, on the substrate with it, as well as more, you know, main memory controllers. And I mean, they're, they're trying to get around these things, especially in, in the data center, because memory technology just kind of sucks at scaling and you run into the same problems. There may not be enough bandwidth uh, for when you expand out the number of cores and number of jobs done. There's latency is always bad as compared to any kind of cache that is on the chip or, you know, something that is, is a backside type 
cash or the L3. So, yeah, these are just some of the things that uh, the major players are doing to relieve that memory pressure because memory always sucks. <laughs> Is that fast enough for you? Did I cover the things as I was supposed to? I have no idea. Very quickly, and this is a video card story again, but this is an AMD thing they talked to us about at the event. There is a new easy way to enable all of the applicable technologies that your game supports, and it's called HyperRx. This is starting next year, first half of 2023. There's going to be a toggle in the software that will, if the game supports it, turn on things like super resolution, Radeon boost, Radeon anti-lag. So it's going to be you know, there'll be game profiles. It'll automatically turn on whatever it can. There's, you can see these little <clears throat> toggles here. Whatever is available will be enabled. And if the game doesn't support it, it just won't be toggled on. And it's, it's nice. It's a nice idea that without having to dig through settings and you don't have to even know what you're doing. You just have to touch this big button in the software and say, just turn on HyperRx and then you'll get the absolute highest frame rate possible for you in that game there's there's a lot of stuff that's been in radeon hardware and drivers over the years that have often had a what do you want to call it a uh, a parallel to something that nvidia was doing but they haven't made it as easy to do or maybe it hasn't performed yeah. quite as well but they haven't made it as easy i think making it accessible is the key to saying oh wow it, this you know the nvidia cards can perform just about as well in most cases as a, as the equal in to an Nvidia card in many cases. Yes. And, uh, easy software features are, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's quickly look at a couple of security stories. First, Google is apparently going to have to pay $391 million to settle the Android location tracking Lawsuit. This is a story at Bleeping Computer from a couple of days ago. There was a coalition of attorneys general from 40 U.S. states involved in this privacy lawsuit. The search giant misled Android users and tracked their location since at least 2014. Oh, that's not all they did, but okay. Let's just, let's just worry <laughs> yeah. about the uh, location history thing. So, you know, web and... Well, my favorite part... Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is at the very end of the article where they explain why Google dropped the do no evil. So they were fined <laughs> $2.72 billion in June of 2017, another $1.7 billion in March of 2019, another £220 million pound in June of 2021, or sorry, $11.3 in November of 2021. Uh France got them for about 170 mil. Australia got them for about 60 mil. And now we've got this. And it doesn't even make a dent in their bottom line. No, of course not. Or stop them from doing what they've been doing. No, this is so, how they make so money. So do evil? Do yeah. evil? That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, it, that, it works right. for uh, Zoc. So, you know, just... Right. What, what I heard was that this was basically against their system from a few years ago. And they look at it as like, oh, yeah, we don't even do that anymore. That's that's in the past. We, we spy on you in a totally different way. Catch us if you can. Okay, I'm sort of editorializing through reading between the lines. But basically, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you won't catch us in that way anymore. That's so in the past. Forget about it. We'll pay that money and we've moved on. Yeah, we don't do it. Yeah. Whatever. 
Sticking with uh, uh, bleeping computer here for a minute. This is an update to ESET. Uh, research had discovered and reported three vulnerabilities in Lenovo laptops, UEFI firmware of Lenovo notebooks, which allowed disabling secure boot uh, or restoring factory default secure boot databases all simply yeah. from an OS. That's been packed. Yeah. They, they left Finally. some stuff in from the factory that would allow you to change the UEFI boot parameters from the OS. Hmm. Oops. See the development drivers there, that bit there in the middle that would allow you to change secure boot settings from the OS. So if there was a way into the system, a hacker could alter the laptops or whoever, whatever the Lenovo system it was, to change its booting parameters so that those could be nefariously altered from the very beginning of the boot process, which is a bad look for any computers. Just, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Especially since, you know, it's Lenovo. Most of these are going to be used Mm -hmm. in, in uh, businesses, business Mm -hmm. education, businesses, but oftentimes dealing with sensitive data or secure data or personal data that you really don't want to have to kind of broadcast out there. Secure. But the point of the two, we have two uh, Security Corner articles this week, is they're both not necessarily bad news. Google, slap on the wrist, but at least somebody made billions and it wasn't Google. And Lenovo actually fixes something. So they're two good well, it, was only, it was only millions. News. It was only 391 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the point was, is that for us, we often sort of dread coming to the security portion here because we're oftentimes detailing, uh, your world is on fire, please patch it. So like or every router no in the world is insecure, <laughs> stop using the internet, yeah. any computer connected That's... to the internet is compromised, right. that kind of stuff. Uh, we suggest, we suggest well, you true, just but... turn off the power. In lieu of gaming quick hits, all it says here in the show notes is uh, just... A PSA? What is this? Yes, it's a PSA. The advice here is relax. Reserve some time this week to play games. Invite some friends over. Oh, hey, you know what? Next week, it's a it's a big deal. It's Thanksgiving, right? Is that next week? It Already? Is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. This year so, has been flying by. Yep, so Wednesday, we're probably not going to have a show if uh, no. you guys are all going to be with family. I know that I probably will as well. Yeah. So and I won't be... I mean, who's going to edit it? Like, it would, we have to and I'll be covering for all the Americans at work. Yep. So, yeah, this is, if we're back after, you know, we took a week off. We're back for two weeks in a row. We're going to take another week off. Yeah, sorry. Whatever. I'm sorry. It's the holidays. <laughs> we'll do this again probably December 25, whatever. I'll see if I can't send you a video to edit in between now and then. Oh, so. Lord. Thank you so much. Oh, but Josh, that'd be nice because I can set it to, to release and that could be the holiday gift. Hey, a Josh keeps on giving. review. Josh, what are you what are you yeah. reviewing, Josh? What do you got? What is it? I have got a couple of different things that I could do. So, mm. cool. I like the, how it's mysterious. Yes, and open ended. It's pocket lint, isn't it? It's a pile of Kleenexes. Ooh, ah, okay. okay. We don't want to know. Oh, my second guess. No. Uh, yeah, play a game. Play a game. In DOSBox, this is my PSA. You don't have to have oh, yeah. hardware. You don't That's even true. need a discrete yep. graphics card. You just need yep. something that will put a display uh, signal out to some form of monitor, whether that be VGA, DVI, HDMI. Use your living room TV. Use an old CRT TV, a portable TV from the Goodwill for $10, if you can find one. And just play an old DOS game that you can find for free or pay like a dollar for it on GOG. 
And uh, they used to make really good games that uh, were very fun to play. You get lost in them for hours and hours and hours. Forget about... You only need eight bits to have fun to play. Sometimes even four bits. I don't know about that. Eight bits. I'm too young for like the whole Atari 256. 256. 256 colors. Well, yeah, 256 colors. You don't even need 256 colors. I'm a, 16 colors is enough for me. Okay. That's CGA. <laughs> no, no, it's EGA. There's EGA 16 color. That's EGA. EGA okay. has a 16 color mode. Hmm. Look it up. Hmm. I don't want to. <clears throat> okay. Hmm. But hey, my um, original copy of The Secret of Monkey Island back here on five and a quarter inch uh, is 16 color. <gasps> Five and a quarter inch floppies. Yes. In fact, uh, my, uh, Lucky Island 2 is five and you, a quarter as well. You, YouTube chat says CGA is four colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It was, what is it? Like cyan, magenta, yeah. white. And, and this sort of burnt amber color. Yeah. I don't know. Let's move on to picks of the week. Josh. What? Do you have one? Uh, yeah, you can go to Walmart and get a 32 inch 2560 by 1440 165 hertz monitor for $200 from LG. Whoa, what? HDR 10 FreeSync 32. Hold on, what's uh, so this is LG, so this is going to be IPS. Doesn't seem I don't know if say. it's IPS or TN, but uh, I don't think LG does TN 32 inch. I don't panels, think so. Okay? No, maybe no. Is there I'm a aware. spec? Uh, spec they have a, a super PVA that they did, or is it all just IPS? I thought it was all IPS because there there was a panel out there that was in some of these 32 inch monitors, the non curved <laughs> ones that I thought was. Now I can't that one says VA. It. Yeah, because it's there's VA panels out. This could just be LG branded. I didn't think they did VAs, but well, the Amazon.com link says it right there. Okay. Although it's Amazon, so who knows? Here is the model, uh, 32GN600-B at LG.com. Click on specs. Clicking on specs. You can quickly tell what. Uh... 178, 178, so it's not TN. says VA. Uh, this VA. Is VA. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it is that panel. It is the same panel I was thinking of. High refresh, though. So there you have it, 200 bucks. That is dirt cheap. Heck yeah, it is. And I've got the... Uh, I've got one of the curved versions. I can't remember which one. It may be Samsung, but it's a 32-inch. And that was on sale for like $278. And... Um, you know, it's you're getting to that point where the pixels are pretty big. They're getting that's about as big as you want to go at that resolution. And even then, some people will probably be cranky. And there's a little bit of you know, kind of a blurring seam to it. And, and VA is not great for you know color reproduction, but the blacks are no. good. It's it's so, really good yeah. exactly on angle. If you're right in front of yeah. it, it's yeah. fine. Just yeah. don't go. 10 or 20 degrees off angle. Yeah, off but uh, for, for that kind of money, you can deal with some of the, the downsides for that much stinking space at that refresh. I had to turn my 165 down to 144 because it would kind of ghost a little too much at that 165. Jeremy, did you have a pick? 
I'm sticking with a, a similar sort of uh, theme, but this is for the, the Canadian branch. Okay. Because, I mean, good luck trying to get that monitor at that price up here. However, a slightly larger Samsung with a slightly higher resolution, uh, one that you're quite familiar with benchmarking, Yes, is not $499. There's another $190 bucks instantly off of that. So it's only 310 bucks, which is not too bad at all for a 3440 by 1400 or 1440, 75 hertz free sync monitor. In this Canadian. is curved or is, this looks flat? It looks, it's uh, pretty flat. That's a big look at flat screen. I, I know it is. I the think, curve, though. But, but at 75 hertz is probably one of the first generation 34 inch wide screens. Or ultra wide, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> it's not brand new, but hey, we've all got a penny pinch a little bit. And if you're looking for a nice, seriously ultra wide um, with a decent uh, free sync support, and you don't want to be spending a grand on it, it's a good way to go. And some people are just not into the curve thing at all. The one thing that curved really does help with, though, is if you have a VA panel like this. It actually helps you when it's that wide because then you never have any off-axis colors. But if you don't sit right yeah, up, yeah. But I'm going to be the only one looking at it. Yeah. If if you're like you know if it's on the back of the desk and you're sitting back, I think it's probably fine. Plus that thing would look fantastic watching movies on it. Letterbox yeah. movies with no letterboxing, VA mm-hmm. black levels. Except Disney Plus and their stupid scaling on a PC screen. Oh, they have I've it in, in, in the 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 thirty four forty by fourteen, you know, aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. But then they letterbox everything instead of popping it out. Oh, perfect! I hate hmm. it. Hate it. So it's like watching high def signal through standard def cable on a high def TV. So it's Something letterboxed like inside of a letterbox, and then it's stretched yeah. to fill yeah. your screen. That sounds again. horrible. No. And then yeah. stretch it to fill it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got it's got it's got four black bars all around it when it doesn't need to. Netflix does it right. Yep. Disney Plus can't yet. That's pathetic. And they're charging me more money starting next month. Well, you should have bought the Disney branded TV because then it would work. <laughs> does it have mouse ears on the top of it? Uh-huh. No, a bright colored plastic shell. By the way, speaking of. Uh, you know, obviously next week is Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And we're talking about, you know, weird aspect ratios and questionable display quality. This, it's it's that time of year again where you visit family and have to deal with oh God. their oh horrifying God. settings on their TV. Or mm-hmm. in my case, going to the in-laws who have standard definition cable on a like 42 inch high definition TV in the living room. Which stretched in all directions because they want they want to fill the screen, so then oh, yeah. the four three sixteen nine letterbox gets zoomed in all directions until it's so blurry and indistinct. I don't even think it's like three sixty p quality, like a YouTube three sixty p. Did you ever think about going in the middle of the night and replacing the cabling? Just, just it's not the cabling; it's the cable. Like they pay for. Oh, Com- oh, oh. It's not. It's Comcast, I think, or Spectrum mm-hmm, Cable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're yeah, grandfathered yeah. into a standard deaf package that yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. will not let go of. And uh, so you, you could make a great taster's choice type commercial with flavor crystals. It's like mm, yeah, I replaced, replaced your bullshit 
the fine definition TV that looks yeah. like with, gasoline is smeared all over the screen. Yeah. Moving know. along. Yes, moving, yes. Moving, yes. moving along. Brett. Speaking of Brett, I only... I only want to say that Jeremy, I really enjoy the curved displays at uh, ultra wide. So I'm not all about that flat panel. I, I really think the curved one is better. I'm not picking a monitor. It was significantly uh, more is, expensive. Sorry, this is a monitors only picks of the week. Usually, yeah. I pick a monitor, but this time, Wait, I what's did behind not. you? I, what's behind you on the monitor? Oh, oh, that's actually my pick. <laughs> that's my pick. Wait, oh, say your pick is an ultra wide monitor with this game on it. Uh, it is Fallout, New Vegas, and if you're not a Prime member, for goodness sakes, what's wrong with you? Go get your free Fallout New Vegas, please. It's please, free. Please. It's Wait, I'm a free. Prime member. Yes, it's free. Just go claim. Go get your claim code now. Go claim now. Wait. So go get on GOD.com now. is where they're giving it, or is it on Prime? I don't know. You have to go to Prime. PC and Gog. Prime Gaming. Uh, get your claim code. You okay. claim yep. it. You, yep. you go claim to it. They give you code. Your GOG, and buy it there. You, okay. you yep. pay, paste in the, the code they give you. Yep. Gotcha. And you like and it. And you're good to go. And Fallout New Vegas is a really, really excellent version of you know the Fallout game genre. If you have never played it, which I can't imagine that most, well, maybe some people haven't, Fallout New Vegas is a really good example of the Fallout gaming shtick. You know, go get it for free if you're a Prime member. Is Why it a, you be a Prime uh, member? isometric view like the original Fallout? No. Oh, okay. It's Fallout. No, no, it's not. But, but it's still good. It's very good. It even has crafting. Of course. Ooh. Okay. Just like last week when I picked some old AMD processor that was still sealed in the box, you could buy on eBay for a good price. I'm going to do it again. But this time, it's not that old. It's only like a year old. It's it's Zen 4. Wait, no, Zen 3. No, I Zen can't 3. think. That's, it's it's that's, AM4 this is Zen, Zen 3. This is positively fresh for you. I don't understand. Yeah, this is the newest hardware I will, I will allow. It has to be at least last gen. So I don't know what you feel about Ant Online. I guess there are some people who are opposed to uh, purchasing from them. I have, I have bought from them before, and I get a sealed retail box, and it's fine. So I don't know. But... Ant Online on eBay has the 5800X3D, brand new, for $339.99. Now, that is $10 above the $329.99, where it briefly was available from AMD.com, BestBuy.com, and a couple of other places, like Adorama has it, but it's, you know, back-ordered, like everything at Adorama always is when it's out of stock. But uh, you can get this right now for $339.99 with free shipping and handling. More than 10 available. Ah, yes. Yeah. This was in stock the other day, and then they sold out. Mm -hmm. And now it's in stock again. So it's not going to last forever. It just says more than 10 available. I don't know what that is. It could be 11. It could be 1,000. As far as as I know, AMD is still producing the 5800X 3D. It's not EOL yet. Hmm. But... I wouldn't expect that to be true after the first of this year for reasons. So, yeah, hmm. think about picking one up. It was just like the, uh, what was the, the one Intel did that had the big chunk of L4 cache, essentially, of the graphics. 
It was after Nicola. Ivy Bridge. It was Broadwell? Broadwell? Is that the oh, one? Oh, yeah. Broadwell, which had like two yeah. skews and it was mostly just in Macs. Yeah. I have yeah. a I have a MacBook Pro. No, the 5775, I think, was the... the yeah, that's the, the one. Model. That's the one I'm trying to yeah. remember. With the e-cache yeah. or whatever? The yep. E yep. Right? Yeah. It was a great gaming processor for the day. <clears throat> well... Looks like the 5800X non-3D is very competitively priced as well at around 240 248 Yeah, they're yeah. cheap as oh, yeah. chips now. Yeah, the, if, yeah. You, if, you're okay not, if you're okay with not having the all the all the cash that the X3D gives you, it's a fantastic deal to get a 5800X. I mean, there's a reason that for a good year or so, our gaming testbed platform here in-house was a 5800X because it was just tremendously fast gaming CPU that didn't hold back graphics cards up until like the very latest ones where you could start to see the effects and had to move on to a faster CPU. But the 5800X 3D is still one of the fastest CPUs ever made for gaming. You can get it for 339 Forget about mm -hmm. 699 plus an expensive AM5 board and DDR5 memory. Just get a 5800X3D and find You'll be yourself. You'll gaming yeah. for years. And get yourself a 6600XT. Go all team red if that's what you want to do. And you're going to be very happy. You're describing my two-year-old build. Yeah, and it's it, it aged. Yeah, but it's only a six-month-old processor. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, do you have Me? an outro in your system? It can, hey, even if it takes you a couple of tries. Last week's outro, by the way, if you haven't watched <laughs> Podcast 699, was epic. Yeah. There was two. You got two outros for the price of one. Maybe he'll get it in one take this time. Josh? Collect yourself. I, I have not watched that. Maybe I should because I need to be horrified. And the the horror the horror will inspire me to do better. Well, this has been the PC Perspective Podcast. We enjoy spending our Wednesday nights with you. Maybe not you in particular, but more of the royal you. And even though things may seem a little down world seems a little cold mainly because it's November and uh, that the uh, the PC parts people don't seem to care for you very much remember that money solves all things and if these people don't get money eventually they will want it and they will do many things for money and that may include finally cutting down prices which are palatable for people like you and me it just takes time and patience and not throwing your credit card at the screen when something suddenly becomes available so these are life lessons that we should all learn and sadly in my 20s I did not pay attention to and I lost all my hair and I couldn't afford Rogaine and that's where we're at so yeah save money for Rogaine You heard it for first, kids. All right, yeah, that was, that was okay. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Um, also, Josh, the internet wants to know why you have Jif peanut butter on the desk behind you. <laughs>